0: be real about Peacocks,
1: Peacocks, we're Absolutely. marching
2: down the field. Peacocks, Peacocks. There we <laughs> there go. There we go. That's, that's what I got. was trying to <laughs> share. It is. Mm-hmm. Peacocks. <laughs> On your feet, boys. Peacocks. We're marching down the field.
1: Peacocks. And we refuse to give no Cause when are we are the Peacocks. We are the Peacocks of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's what
3: <laughs> yes, nice, nice! Shout out to the the original. Shout out to the
1: Prince. OGs. Mm-hmm. OGs,
0: and shout out to the Pe- Peacock Network for giving us Bel there as well.
4: I see what <laughs>
3: you did there. I see yeah. what you did there. <laughs> and the plane, I got that.
4: And the office.
2: And even though it's tough to navigate WWE, uh, all the WWE's content. So shout out to Peacock. Let's go and move on back to the courts and
1: Memphis Tigers basketball. Yes, sir. So Memphis Tiger basketball has come to an end. Uh, it's been it's been a very up and down roller coaster type uh, season. Um, so uh, the the Memphis Tigers basketball uh, season did end on last week um, as they were handed an ale by the refs. I mean the Gonzaga Bulldogs uh last week um in the round of 32. uh so I guess just want to get from y'all's perspective um you know how did the season go yeah let's just go with that just how did you know in, in your perspective or your terms like how did the season go um and as we transition into the you know tr- players being in the transfer portal who's leaving who's coming any players in particular that you would like to stay for them to make maybe a deeper run in the NCAA tournament. So with that being said, let's go in the order of, let's go Sheedy, let's go Trevor, let's go Cap, let's go Toot, and then let's go Um, Me.
3: I'll speak more heavily on the season itself um, than Mm -hmm. the players. Um, And we talked about this on the show before. Um, Before the season began and we knew the recruiting class that Penny had received Along with the coaching updates as well with Larry Brown and Rashid Wallace, even though Rashid Wallace became more of a virtual coach, so to speak. Um, we saw nothing less than, and I would say, I'll speak for myself, nothing less than Elite Eight type of talent um, from them. And not only should they be winning their division and um, their conference, they should be contending it to be possibly in the Final Four, but at least Elite Eight status um as the season progressed through those first i believe i talked about this last time about first 10 games i think there were like 500 ball around that time and they were just losing to teams um, that they shouldn't have lost to um and it it is like they were giving up on themselves and not knowing who they were um and so last time i talked about this yeah so i said something happened in january 1st we all know what happened right um but from january 1st on their winning percentage almost doubled so to speak um over that amount of time, not winning percentage, but when to double. And this team started to realize who they were and how great they can be and are, instead of potentially thinking how good they can be. Um, and so we saw what that looked like after January going all the way through into the tournament. Um, their last game of the season in regards to losing to Gonzaga was what I call a winnable game. Um, unfortunately, there's no column that says that wins and losses. There's also not a column there that says refs blew it. Um, because we know that. Um, but I'm also a component that of a person that says, hey, listen, you cannot blame the refs um for everything, right? Um you at the end of the day, the refs don't play the game. You play the game. Um they do kind of challenge you on how to play the game. So for instance, when you got a lot of foul calls, especially in the beginning of the second half, um, you have to sit people or you have to watch how you play defense as well. And I think that I heard that uh, with Durant and Williams getting those earlier fouls uh, within the second half hurt their mindset of how to play defense. If those fouls are not called, or even called later on in, within the game, I don't think we're talking about Gonzaga losing to their next game. I think we're talking about Memphis proceeding on. Um, and so, yes, the hand, it was put in the hands, but you also put yourself in that position with where you are. And that was a bad call. Um, defensively, progressing to next year. Um, You build onto this. So last year, what was it? We won an NIT championship. Boom. So we couldn't do anything else in NIT this year because that would be a regression. So for us to now move uh, to the field of 64 or 68, um, win a game and then lose to considerably the best team in the nation um, in Gonzaga means next year we need to be 16 or better. You cannot regress with this. And I believe Penny will get the talent that he needs and keep whatever talent he also does need Uh, to move forward with that, and I'll pass on from there.
2: Well, overall for me with this season for the Tigers, um, I was looking to see if Penny could get the guys to basically play for one another, Uh, and that was one of the, the struggles that the Tigers had going into the season at the start at Tashidi's point we was looking at this team as possibly elite eight possible final four just based on the talent on this roster alone but uh of course we struggled out the gate um losing the teams we shouldn't have lost to um of course we all know what happened uh, which turned the season around for the tigers so for not only for the tigers to not only come within minutes of winning the aac to get to the big dance to the tournament, win the game, and unfortunately lose to the Utah Jazz of college basketball, um, it, it shows it, it shows wonders. So, my challenge for Penny going forward now is you have a system in place. Can you go get the players that's going to buy into what you're trying to teach as far as a system, uh, systematically, is concerned? And uh I think he's gonna look to do that because while he's still going to be recruiting for high school talent, I think he's really gonna do his damage in the trans- transfer portal where I think he could actually get some guys that can actually fill some roles uh for the Tigers. Uh we all know Jalen Dern is gone. Uh Josh Minor just announced earlier this week that he'll be entering the draft. Um I would love for Imani Bakes to come back for a sophomore season because I-, I just feel that. He's not going to benefit going anywhere else unless he comes back to Memphis. Um, Landers, I'm hearing he may dip his toe just to see where he may fall in the draft, but I would love to see him come back as well. I just think the guys that should come back need to come back and um just run it back, field, um, fill in the gaps necessarily in the transfer portal or the recruiting and we'll uh, see what we can do. Um, as far as for next season, I, I definitely expect at least a sweet 16 appearance. Um, cause anything less will just be another regression. So I'll pass it off. Yep. You know, um, ended up turning out to be, I guess, uh, from
0: expectations adjusted throughout the season. So beginning of the season, technically it's a disappointment, but if you go about what happened throughout the season, it ended up being a pretty good season for us. Um, it's been four years you took this step from winning the NIT to making a tournament and winning a tournament game. Um, yeah, the referees had a lot to do with it. I'm not going to act like they didn't. But Drew Timmy still came out. I don't know what Drew Timmy did at halftime, but he came out in the second half a different person than he was in the first half, referees or not. He was different. <laughs> so they had no answer for, for him in the second half. Uh, the commentators, I know you can't, we can't stand the commentators at times, but they were right. Penny should have called timeout. When they were making those runs, and like he was saying, like, man, call a timeout right here, and like he would wait until like TV timeout. And they'd already like uh, the game went from being up 10 to down two. Like, you can't, you got to call a timeout once they get to four, right? Like, at some point, you got to calm your guys down. Uh, when Malcolm and Andrews got tired, like he started walking up the court, like he was fatigued, like, call a timeout because <laughs> you got you to get him, like, get him on the court. So, uh, those little, little things like that that, uh, he hasn't learned, but man, you was right there with the. Uh, "Quote unquote best team who ended up losing this week. Failed one week short about Memphis Arkansas matchup. Uh, dang, that would have been nice, uh, old rivalry right there, especially with Penny uh, playing against Arkansas back in the day. But man, nothing to complain about the season. Really good season. Um, off season, like Trevor said, he's definitely going to go to the transfer border. I don't think he has any commitments from like uh, recruits. But I mean, he always get people late anyway. But he had three shirted freshmen from this past season that's coming back. So." Um same thing, Ross turned over. Like like I said uh before, he got to learn how to navigate through the non-conference in the beginning of the season. Because I think next year our conference is even worse, if I'm not mistaken. It's Houston and them gone next season, or it's the season after next. It's next season. Yep, this season's coming up. So yeah. So yeah. Um uh, non conference. He can't they can't get off to the slow starts they've been getting out to. Or it, they can, but they can't lose. They can't lose when they get the conference play. Put it that way. You can't lose to East Carolina blown i one lead at east, at east carolina Bingo. so uh still like that but i think they're on the right track so hey i'm excited for the future um just keep grinding along
4: yeah we definitely on the right track um good on to everything y'all just said i don't have to you know be the dead horse but of course coming into the season we definitely had what around uh we definitely had high expectations based on the coaching that we you know that we were able to get based on the talent that we were able to get um definitely high expectations you know Started off the season, like you said, Trevor, not playing with each other. Like, we really need to see the Tigers really try to play ball with each other instead of really against each other, to be honest with you. Um, and once they started doing it, especially when, when Penny started going off on the media, like, I, that was the turning point for the season, in my opinion. Um, they did start balling together. And, like, this, this overall season, like, we saw – the real potential potential of the Tigers program. Like we get the penny Kane coach and, you know, the rotations and, you know, the time we get that, but at the same time, we're still dealing with a, a relatively younger coach. Like this is his fourth time, uh, fourth season, you know, coaching in the NCAA and, you know, he's already won an NIT tournament and he's already been to the big dance. Um, so really just, we, we got to keep the ball rolling. Um, as far as who I would like to see back, honestly, I can't wait to see, you know, what kind of go-to player Lester Keone has turns into. Um, it'll be his senior year. Um, he will be having the ball a lot more, in my opinion. He'll have more opportunities to shine. Um, as Savage called him an NBA player, I think all of us can agree to that. He's definitely an NBA-type body. Um, once he continues to put the numbers behind him, I think he will you know, at least be a, a, a first-round pick, at least, um, especially if you have a good offseason. So him coming back. Especially a money base coming back to, I think another season in college instead of going to the G League would do him justice, um, because he you can still see the immaturity as a ball player in him and him just doing his own thing. But he did make a lot of clutch buckets in the, in the tournament. So if he can you know continue to, to to mature his game, I think we can be seeing a potential lottery pick um, with him. And also uh, one of the the offers Penny did offer uh, a scholarship to Hansel Emanuel. You know what I'm saying? If y'all do not sure who he is, the one arm player who is a damn good ball player. Um, of course, social media will love him, um, but I think he would gr- look great in the Tigers uniform and for a player who has a lot of potential to come to U of M and, you know, try to reach his full potential as far as being an NBA prospect. I think this will be a great move for not only him, but for the Tigers program as well. Um, so just really continue to push on the momentum that we got this season. Um, last year, at NIT, this year we lose top 32, next year, Sweet 16. So just just keep the momentum going.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with everything that you guys have said already. Um, as far as the game against Gonzaga, um, I try not to be one of those people that say, you know, this is the long reason why a team lost or, you know, this, you know, the refs are the reason to blame. Um, I'm just going to say that I just wish the refs would allow them to play basketball. I I, I get it. You know, I get everything that comes with Gonzaga, and I I get everything that comes with, you know, the one versus nine seed or something like that that Memphis was. Um, And Memphis jumped out to a a really good lead. They jumped out to a really good, good half. And honestly, as Memphis fans, you knew Gonzaga was coming back. You just knew that were. But I'll always say it's, you know, games are a matter of runs. You know, how, you know, who's going to make a run? You know, when are they making the run? But also, can you swing back? Uh, And I feel like for the most part, Memphis, they did. Um, they didn't fight back as probably they as they probably could have, but you know, they did fight back. And I just wish that um the refs just didn't allow them to play. I mean, again, it's 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 just I, I don't wanna, you know, put them, I don't want to put that on on them. Cause again, you know, there was a there was a point in time, I think Sharky mentioned it, like Mac was absolutely gassed. And that's when Gonzaga really, really made the run and really took the lead and really never looked back. Um, so there was a time, you know, Penny could have made that adjustment. Um, I also kept saying that you know instead of playing Malcolm, you could play Chandler, um, and so uh, you know again, there are adjustments that Penny could have been that that Penny could have made. But I just I just felt like Memphis was in that second half; they just couldn't play the basketball that they had been playing all in all year until what you said, uh, Sharp Shady. Like you know, it, you gotta adjust. But at the, end, at the end of the day, like for for a team to not have a single foul call within eleven minutes of the second half in my opinion, just absolutely crazy that, that I'm sorry, there's just no way to justify that. So um, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's um, it's an improvement from what last year was. Again, we talked about they won the NIT. And so the goal this year was to take a step further and make it to the NCAA, um, NCAA tournament. In our opinion, beginning of the year they had a roster of an elite 18. They had a roster of a sweet 16, sweet 16 team and call it what it is. But if they don't play Gonzaga, in my opinion, they make it to the Sweet 16 at minimum, maybe into the Elite Eight. So it is what it is. Um, as far as what I'm looking forward to next season, um, I would really like Lester back. I think between Lester and Landers, one of them is leaving, if not both. I'd be really, really heartbroken if both leaves. But if I'm Penny, you, you definitely got to try to get one of them back. Um, I honestly think DeAndre Williams is coming back. So there's that. We uh, already talked about Josh might not. He's already declared, so he won't be coming back. We already know Jalen Dornitz and coming back. So what I just want the – I'm not going to question Penn's recruiting because he can recruit his off. The one thing I need to see is can you go get that point guard, though? That's, that's the thing that I want to see. Can you go get that point guard that, you know, you say you want to model your team after the way that he ran Memphis when he was playing. So that's the big thing that I want to see. But I think, you know, that's – I think he has um, – cards in his back pocket that he has, that he can pull their commits from um, LSU, Kentucky. Um, I think I saw one from NC state, maybe that players that almost committed to Memphis, but didn't, and they took another route. And so, because there has been coaching changes, there have been things within college basketball they've now decommitted. And so maybe he can go and get one of those guys. So I'm, I'm excited for next season. Of course I get my season uh, tickets again for next season. I just want to be able to see, can you go get that point guard to run your offense, very similar to what Alo can did or can do, but maybe take that level of point guard play to the next level. So that's what I'm looking for. At the end of the day, I'm proud of the guys, I'm proud of Penny Hardaway and his staff. I really also want Larry Brown to come back because I feel like the the turn in which what you talked about Shitty is the turn in which they made to kind of make that run, in my opinion, was so I won't say solely on Larry Brown, but he had a he had a large imprint on that. So I would like for him to come back as well, too. So, uh, you know, great season to them, and I can't wait to see what next season looks like.
4: Is Rasheed Riley still going to be coaching from the computer?
1: From the computer? computer. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I will say, I still think he had some form. I think he had his handprint on the team in terms of because, again, you saw I'm not sure if it was just them like making sure that Jalen Duran got the ball, but there was like a lot of, he had a bag that I didn't realize he had again when they ran on the run. It was him being more, it was him being more aggressive in the post. It was him taking those mid-range jump shots. And I was like, dang, where did that come from? And again, they could have all been Jalen Duran, But I feel like in some form or fashion, Rasheed Wallace was, you know, he had talks with Jalen Duran and DeAndre Williams, or he had conversations, or he was in some of those practices with the memphis team because the big man in my honest opinion they helped carry that team when they went on the run to they game
3: yeah and to you know piggyback with that answer what you're saying rasheed wallace is one of those players that didn't necessarily command the ball so to speak all the time but knew how to find or get the ball and i think he tried to transcribe that into Jalen Durham and indeed will but more like dern's got this like huge athleticism like out the out the gate, and and as I said on the previous show, like if the offense isn't getting run by through him, he doesn't care. He's going to go and grab that rebound and put it back up, or take the mid range shot if he is open. Like that's the type of player you need. He he played more unselfish as a big man because sometimes as a big man, speaking about it, if I'm running up and down the court and I'm not getting the ball, I might be like, Today's going with grabbing the rebound right on offense. But when I saw from Durham, especially in those last, I would say about seven to eight games, I didn't realize how much the offense doesn't go through him and how much he makes the offense come to him based upon his rebounding and his movement without the ball.
4: And DeAndre Williams, like his field goal percentage shot way up, you know, compared to last season, you know, to this season from 50 to like 57%. And I think Rasheed Wallace, with his knowledge of the game, does help with that aspect. So any forward looking to go to the NBA. I mean, we we got it all here. We we got it all here. It's just a, no, a-, no, it was was
2: shooting, a- shoot. shooting less threes helps too. Mm-hmm. That's and I mean. playing
4: and playing
1: against a lottery, playing alongside a lottery pick that damn near commits. Yeah. L- <laughs> <they go laughs> so so I can see that as well too. Turn turnovers help too, fellas. Turnovers turnovers, turnovers help too. God, if they can just get there right. At
2: least we making free throws
4: for the most part.
1: At least we making free throws. Biggest <laughs> too. Right, I agree with you.
2: <laughs> You know what, Ryan? So, I agree. I had the chance to see Chet Holmgren, uh last year before he went to the, to Gonzaga. I was not impressed. I was like, "Yeah, you get somebody." Yeah,
4: he, he, he giving me straight up Adam Morrison vibes.
2: Yeah, you get you get me get somebody that can put a body on him. It's a wrap. So, believe it or not, that was also the game that the game I saw Chet Holmgren. I saw Josh Minor, and I was like, "Yeah, Memphis getting somebody somebody nice." So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chet Hongren ain't it, man. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Cool, right. cool.
0: And for those listening audio wise, Ryan Harris, uh, my guy, he had tweeted, he had made a comment, Chet Hungry and Sean Bradley with this in case y'all don't know what we were talking about.
1: <laughs> he got time though. I will say that. I will say Chet Hunger has time. <laughs> he'll, he'll be in the draft next year where he has nothing but time to work on his game and being in the weight room. So you never know. There you go. <laughs> All right. So if that's it, we'll transition to the NFL and everything that comes Uh-oh. with that. That has been a soap opera within itself. So each member of the podcast today has been resp- they are being um, they've been given two divisions that they should focus on as far as um, who within that division won free agency, who within that division um, lost in free agency. So there have been a lot of moves. There have been a lot of money being spent. Um, so we'll all we'll, we'll all go through that, and I'll just kind of you know talk through each one of y'all's points and, and talking points like that. So um, let's switch this order up a little bit. So let's go with Tuke Captain,
4: the Trevor, Yes,
1: there you go, because you've been a little quiet on the NFL takes lately. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I'll just I'll just hop in and out between them. So yeah. So when is uh, when is the losers of each division that you guys
4: have? Mm-hmm. Losers from each division. All right. Well, you know me, man. I'm a a hoops fan, so I I, I talk hoops. But whenever I do get a chance to talk football, you know, I try to talk a little something, something. Um, If I was to choose a loser in the AFC East, honestly, it'll probably, I guess, really just be the Patriots because they really ain't done a damn thing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, we can just leave it at that for right there. Keep it smooth and simple. Um, And we can literally say that for the NFC East, everybody there. Um, if I was to choose a loser for there, it'll probably be, phew, shit. I guess Washington, based on the fact that they chose that sorry ass name and they still rolling with Carson Wentz as a quarterback. I mean, if I was to say a loser in that, like literally, like I don't even think they. I guess going to the winners, uh, going to the winner later. But if I had to choose a loser, it'll be it'll be the Commanders for the NFC East and the Patriots for the AFC East. Like teams ain't done too much. Who are your winners, okay. I thought we were going back to another, okay, right. cool. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess for the NFC East, nobody, ain't nobody did shit. <laughs> ain't nobody done a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, That's man, I, I mean, I was like, because I have to do get a winner before father listen to hey, sports, I was, hey, hey, Aww. the bills, man, the bills. No,
3: I he mean uh, no AFC. NFC. NFC. You no he said NFC
4: no, N- no, AFC. 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 Okay. AFC. Uh, trust <laughs> me, I got some smoke on for AFC. NFC, if I was to choose it have to be the Eagles based on the fact that I did see Hassan um Hassan Hassan Reddick uh do his thing last season with the Panthers. Um that was a great sign up for them. Um so I, I definitely don't like the fact that he's not coming back with us, but it is what it is. But as far as the AFC East. Y'all know one of the commandments for, let's be real, is the best ability is availability. Um, a lot of people would say the Dolphins definitely won this. And I kind of agree, but once I dug a little bit further into the signings, uh, they got ESPN top-ranked player uh, Taron Armstead, uh, offensive tackle. But he's missed 30 games in the past couple of seasons. Um, they got you know Chase Edmonds and Rasheed Mustard. They were 30th in rushing Machine Mustard have, haven't been on the field that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they got Connor Williams, who's a guard, who's the most penalized guard in the league. They got Cheetah. Cheetahs win sometimes, but they still got Tua throwing the down ball. And outside of Tua, who stays injured, they got Teddy Bridgewater, who ain't going to throw the down ball down the field. So it's like a whole bunch of things just ready to either click or ready to go now. So, I had to. I, I just had to stay home with the Bills, y'all. The, the Bills—they sound fun. Miller, um, healthy contract for sure. But if they do, I guess try to take that next, next step forward and win in the Super Bowl. He's worth every dime. Um, they got Shaq Lawson back, who was a big presence in the locker room. They got DeQuan Jones. They got Jamison Crowder from the Jets, who led the Jets in receptions um, the last three seasons as well. So I mean, OJ Howard as well, tight end OJ Howard. So. They got, they got, they got some pieces for the Bills who play. You know what I'm saying? It's outside of the, the Dolphins who signed big players who may or may not play. So I mean, that, that's kind of why I went with the, uh, my winners will be the Bills.
1: Yep. No, I think you, I think you um, pointed out some really good points, as far, especially as far as the NFC East is concerned. I think everybody else decided or knew when free agency started. Except the NFC East, <laughs> so I, I I get your point on there. Um, and then as far as uh, the AFC East is concerned, a really good point. To, uh, I, that that Dolphins trade for Tarikio literally came out of nowhere. I didn't see that. Um, but I would think I I will say if I had to choose a winner for the AFCs, then I'll let all go. But you just have to give it to the to the Dolphins for everything that they did. You know, hear everything you said about Teron Armstead and, you know, getting Tariq Hill. Um, and then they also got Seth Wilson from, um, from the Cowboys as well, too. So I think what they're going to do is very similar. They're going to run an offense very similar to what, in my opinion, what the San Francisco 49ers did. Um, yeah, West, West Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so especially the, the head coach that they just got came from San Francisco. So I think they'll be good. But I think, you know, as, as people want to, you know, not mention it, there's a lot of pressure on, on Tua. I'm sorry to tell you, there's no way you make them, the moves that you make, spend the money that you spent in free agency, and not have to say, at this point, it's it's on the quarterback. You have the defense that you you have the defense that the Dolphins has had over the past couple of years. years. Um, you have the weapons that they just signed the offense this year at this point we just got to find out if it's the quarterback or not so we we'll, it'll be interesting but again to your point um the buffalo bills did have a really really good offseason um devon miller um signing was huge and then they made some splashes i to say splashes but they made some signings that were very underrated or low key um but i think they'll pay uh, they'll, um they'll pay dividends and uh when the season gets here so good points Um uh, took you up next yeah,
0: great research right there, too. Did yeah. <laughs> great, great research. Hey, like that was that was a really good. One. But uh, well, I guess I'll start with the ALC North. Um, honestly, to me, there really ain't no loser, but I give it to come well. I guess could we separate free agency draft so it's free agency only? We ain't got to the draft yet. I guess i say it's a time. I guess i say it's Pittsburgh, uh, because but in my opinion, because y'all didn't, I guess because y'all addressed the quarterback position, but also what well, I get y'all got. Yeah, yeah y'all got y'all, y'all saying yeah that's not addressing it to me but y'all signed Mitchell Trubisky but then again what officer did you have like uh I guess y'all didn't put your name in the Deshaun Watson way right so that's why I probably I'm really more so giving y'all but I, I don't know if he would you know what if he decided not to go to Pittsburgh so it's just I think y'all made some good moves y'all did sign Miles Jack um that's a really good move to help y'all linebacker core in court get y'all defense up and running I had the Ravens kind of as a tie with y'all's L, but I realized they, they signed Marcus Williams from the Saints and uh michael pierce so they kind of beefed up their defense even more as well. But same thing with y'all quarterback, they didn't really address weapons for Lamar Jackson, they didn't get no receivers. But that's what the draft is for. Y'all probably gonna, y'all might draft a quarterback, uh, the Ravens might draft a receiver, so it's kind of just like a nip and tuck there. And the winner, I say, it's 26 Cincinnati and Cleveland. But i have give it to Cincinnati, um, they addressed their biggest need literally they signed three linemen <laughs> um and i mean that's what you that's what, exactly what they need i can't think of a lineman i just added up i can't think never mind i got the lineman's name like where i know Larry Collins, but uh taylor taylor carris and uh alice capital and they also signed hayden hurst because they lost cj uh uzama so they replaced him with hayden hurst who's a very good target so um i give me a Cincinnati over Cleveland Cleveland really just made the trade for Deshaun and Deshaun is going to get suspended uh, where we we'll probably get suspended some games. So that'd be my choice. Uh reason I choose Cincinnati over Cleveland for this season. Um, but like I said, really, in my opinion, loser in the division, a draft draft makes up for a lot. You know, a lot of people don't make do stuff for because they try and sell for the draft anyway. So uh really one or true loser in that division to me. As for the West, um, really the Rams won it to me in the landslide, just the simple fact that they extended Matthew Stafford and signed Allen Robinson. And gave, uh, you know, gave the Titans uh, Robert Woods for uh, pretty cheap uh, <laughs> and took out his roster bonus while giving to us as well. So, shout out to the Rams, man. They get they they went automatically in my book. <laughs> uh, the other teams in the division, I don't know what they did. Uh, Fortnite they haven't traded Jimmy G, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson, so they're rebuilding. So, I wouldn't necessarily put them as losers because they're doing what they're trying to do. Uh, the Cardinals ain't done. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, bro. <laughs> I ain't heard nothing about the Cardinals. So give me a uh, shoot between the Cardinals. I wouldn't say the Seahawks are losing because they are trying to lose. Cardinals, 49ers. Man, both of them they're like right, trying right? to lose, bro. Hey,
3: Dude, yeah, it's got to be this. they rebuilding.
0: They're rebuilding, yeah. <laughs> oh, like 49ers and Cardinals, though. I don't know what they're uh. supposed <laughs> to I don't know, man. Give me a tap for uh, both of them for last like, losses.
1: That's gotcha. I, I, I if you gotta give an L to somebody, I'm I am i will go with the Cardinals because they still haven't addressed the Kyler Murray situation. Um now granted he's definitely come all the way down from where he was a couple of weeks ago. He was like, you know, I want my extension. I want, you know, I want to win with the Cardinals, and they haven't done anything. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, like he's now uploaded his pictures again, um, you know, with the Cardinals and stuff like that. So and I still think I will say uh, as far as the 49ers are concerned, they haven't traded Jimmy G. And I've, and I've been reading it just because they haven't heard of trade package that they would like, which I if I were them, I'd probably still keep him for now. I wouldn't move him until, you know, ex- I, I would probably go in with the mindset that Trey is going to be your QB one for next season. But if he gets hurt, if he's not there yet. Then you still have Jimmy G who, I mean, has carried them to. Um, two deep runs in the in the playoffs so far. So you know, I, I agree with you on that one. Um and then you had what other division again? I'm sorry. Your division. Oh yeah, the AOC North. Um, you know, that one I want say that one was a tough one because you know, at the end of the day, Cincinnati did Cincinnati did what needed to be done, which if they did anything else but go, you know, do anything um outside of the offensive line, people would have been looking like, you know, what the world are y'all doing? So they that they, that signing for Alex Capo, who the um the lineman from uh the is top tier that's a really really good signing for them so uh, i definitely think
2: that they won uh in afc north uh trevor you up next man all right what's good what's good i will start with the nfc south uh it was almost it was a tie for a while for winners between the tampa bay buccaneers and the carolina panthers uh but uh thomas uh decided to um Say bye bye to his kids and Giselle and decided to make his way back. Uh, so the clear winner for the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not only do you get Tom Brady back, you re sign Chris Godwin, um, with the franchise tag, uh, you pretty much keep this entire team intact. So, um, for now, I will say that because there are rumors, and I don't think they're true because it hasn't come from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, but there are rumors that Tom Brady is possibly trying to facilitate a trade to the Miami Dolphins. So stay tuned to that. I don't think it's true, but if it gains some traction, be on the lookout. But for right now, uh, the clear winner of the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, again, close second will be the Carolina Panthers. While they still don't have a quarterback. Uh, they did make some uh, pretty nice moves in the offseason, making addition to their defense and their offensive line. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, by the time the draft comes around, they'll address their quarterback situation. Um, as far as the loser in the NFC South, it's clear. It's, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you were basically, well, along with the Saints, were the two finalists to land Deshaun Watson in a trade. And for you to not pull the trigger at all on that deal, I'm I'm sorry. It's just, and then the moves you made really didn't really make any noise you finally got rid of matt ryan so now you don't have a quarterback at this point in juncture you don't know what you're going to do at quarterback uh so clearly for the nfc south it, it has to be the atlanta falcons as your loser um shifting things over to the afc west um a winner for the afc west i would definitely would say the Denver broncos um they were probably been, they were one of those teams last season. They were like very very talented. They still I think went like nine and eight and barely missed the playoffs. The only thing they were missing was was a quarterback, and they got their quarterback in uh, Russell Wilson in the trade. Uh, granted, they lost um granted they lost their tight end uh Fant and Drew Locke who was trash. Let's just be honest. again, uh, Russell Wilson just kind of makes things a little bit better, makes things a little bit more competitive in the AFC West. And also signing Randy Gregory from the Cowboys as well uh, to help beef up that defense. Uh, basically, signing him as Von Miller's replacement, if you want to just be frank there. Uh, so definitely would give a winner uh, for the AFC West to the Denver Broncos. Now, for my loser is actually going to be surprising. And my loser for the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, of course, obviously, they traded away uh Tyreek Hill in the deal with the Dolphins, but they still have some offensive line issues. And everybody in the AFC West got some form of a pass rusher this offseason. The Raiders resigned Max Crosby, yeah, one or two. Thank you, GD. Yeah, the Raiders resigned Max Crosby to a big deal. The Chargers traded for Khalil Mack, um, Chandler Jones, and the, yeah, and as well as Chandler Jones. Thank you, yes, yeah. as well, as yeah. Chandler Jones with the Raiders as well. And then, of course, as I just mentioned, Randy Gregory just signed with the uh, Denver Broncos. So, yeah, the Chiefs' uh, offensive line still is a little shaky, been shaky. Uh, of course, they traded away their best receiver, and now they're now hoping that Juju can develop into that number one. But I, I've i seen Juju enough to say that he's not a number one receiver. He's a strong two, but uh, he's not going to be that that go-to guy for you for the Chiefs. So, yeah. Uh, Loser for the AFC West, uh, unfortunately, right now is the Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Well, they try you to knock Mahomes' my, my head off next year.
2: Very, very fortunately, <laughs> very fortunately, not unfortunately, very fortunately.
4: Yeah, and
1: I will say, Trevor, you I, you probably had one of the hardest ones to pick because out of that division, like I think every team minus the Chiefs, what you just said, literally got better. Um, and so whether it was the whether it was the Broncos, whether it was the uh, the the Chargers, whether it was um, the the Raiders, who out of nowhere got um, got Devonte Adams, I think that division is going to be absolutely hell. Um, so good luck to Pat Mahomes. <laughs> good luck hey, to really everybody. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: so I Ryan is number one TikTok. Hey, he in competition with uh, I guess apparently what's the man name um, Jackson Mahomes, Pat Mahomes' brother. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, they they, they collaboration is gonna be crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just another, that, that, that division is going to be, is going to be crazy. And I, I'm just as competitive as I think the AOC North is. Here comes the AOC West. Like, no, nah, we got something to say. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams or what teams win that division or how many teams get into the playoffs for that division. So tough one for you, Trevor. Uh, and then Chidi.
3: Yeah. Um, And this is no disrespect to Cap. Um, uh, But Skyler, you gave me two of the worst divisions in the NFL. Um and I'll start with the <laughs> NFC North. Um, <laughs> to me, to me, when I think about when I thought of the NFC North last season, right, I, I said I believe that, I say, I believe that there were four players in the NFC North that were in the top four to six in their position, depending upon you know who they are. And of those four players, only one is still on their same team. Those four players Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, Khalil Mack, and Zedarius Smith. All of these, for the, in fact, for the Chiefs, the reason why the Chiefs had to get rid of Tyree Kills because they said oh, I'm like Patrick Mahomes, where did all this guarantee money start from? Oh, his name is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is killing the NFL with his signing. So, anyways, I digress. A winner and loser for the NFC North. To me, the loser of the NFC North is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers did not get better at all. They lost their, again, they lost their best... They best wide receiver in the league, and they lost one of the best defensive players within the league that no one talks about in Z Smith. So to me, this team got worse. Now, you got the Lions, the Bears. The team that got the best was to me the Vikings out of the NFC North. Um, look to see who they, they got Z-Smith. So they took from the Packers, got Z-Smith. And they've addressed a few other things, of course, as well. We, you know, not saying we forget, but they also then have their best two wide receivers going down in the stretch and Dalvin Cook as well. Now, am I saying that they're going to win the NFC North? No, that's not what I'm saying. We're asking who had the best free agency thus far. And to me, out of this division, you damn sure ain't going to pick the Lions. The Bears have done absolutely nothing. No disrespect, again, to you, Cap, oh, Big big Cap, uh, your, your dad, because I think he's the Bears fan. But. Those are the two teams, and they did terrible. Packers went down, Vikings went up. Again, I'm not saying that they're gonna win the division, but that's where it's at. Then, then you had the audacity and the goal, Scholar, to give me the AFC South. Now, the AFC South. Hey, put some respect on Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars actually my winners from free agency. Hate it or love it. When you look at what free agent signings and who got better or worse, you have to look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. To me, they're they're helping Trevor Lawrence potentially down the road and be in a better position. The losers to me, the AFC South, are the Titans. I don't think the Titans have done enough to keep up with where they're going. You lost Julio Jones, but I don't really think y'all even cared about Julio Jones to be honest with you, but. I this is a team that for year after year after year is there, but have not signed anyone to me to take them to the next level. And they are a team that I hope does not regress because of that. I actually think that's the winning of the division. But again, it's about the free agent signings to me. I don't think Matt Ryan really moves the needle for y'all. Yeah. And you're right. You know, they also gave uh, – who was it? The Giants gave some other receiver a whole bunch of money last year, and look where they ended up. Um, <laughs> um, and so, to me, the Titans were, are the losers of the AFC South. Again, does that mean that they're going to lose the AFC South? No. I still think they are more talented than any other team. It's about the free agent signings. And to me, again, Jacksonville Jaguars have done the best this offseason thus far in regards to free agent signings
1: not a good ones. Um, I think as far, if you're gonna look at Jacksonville, you had no choice but to get better, right? I think it, <laughs> looking, you know, looking at the fifty the fifty three man roster, like who they had from top to bottom, you are just like, damn. Like, no matter if they gave Christian Kirk too much money, no matter if they grabbed a free agent, uh, free agent from whomever, it was better than what they had last year. So I think you know, you you bringing that up uh, um, was good. Um, and then as far as who won, um, for the NFC North. I think somebody mentioned it, but the Green Bay Packers won and lost lost that one. But uh, it's just, there's no, like Green Bay, in my opinion, like I'm going, it's the two quarterbacks that we have in our top five quarterbacks every single year are now without weapons that makes you question like, okay, now let's see how good they are. We know how good Aaron Rodgers is. We know how good Patrick Mahomes is. But this is the first year we've seen Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. This is the first year we've seen patrick mahomes without tarik hill so i'm not i'm not going to question their ability but we're going to see how how well that connection was with those receivers how well are they going to be able to make everybody else around them that, that much better without having that number one receiver so it'll be it'll be very very interesting i wouldn't necessarily like just the just pencil in green bay uh to win the nfc north but you know, them losing Devonte Adams, them, you know, having Aaron Rodgers have this mindset of I'm gonna make how much money I want to make and I could care less who gets paid. Um, he might not ever come out and say that, but that's exactly how it comes off. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. So I, I can't wait. uh everybody, y'all did a really, really good job. Go ahead, too.
4: I was just about to say, man, we blame Kirk Cousins for setting the quarterback mark, and what really we should be looking at who Christian Kirk's agent is be giving him a high five. Just want to gotta be gotta be i can't wait to give me an agent like one of them i want to go into Man, my word and be
1: like hey my agent says i need this amount of money if we ain't getting this money on walking my point like, all right that's fine <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Sergeant.
0: uh also another thing uh money a lot of reason free agency is hard to judge is because you don't know salary counts between each team so like mm-hmm. you can choose and choosing times as a loser we we ain't got no money really same baddie, mm-hmm. same thing. We kind of like Dallas where we was Gary DeJulio had a Gary of Mark Cooper, same thing. So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. just because you're a loser, don't mean like I said, you won't be competing for division or you're a winner, you'll still mm-hmm. win four games, like uh, right? Exactly, other <laughs> yeah.
1: So, now and to close this out, I think one of y'all mentioned already, but at the end of the day, free agency is one thing, the draft is a whole different thing. So, it may be because the Steelers didn't address their question in free agency, doesn't mean they won't address. Um, the quarterback um in, in the draft. The Cowboys did almost almost absolutely nothing um in free agency. But who's to say, you know, they won't trade, you know, a couple of picks and then move up to go get X, Y, and Z player. Same thing with Carolina, same thing with Tennessee. So it it'll be good to see. I think this is probably one of the most active. This has probably been one of the most like you know, best free agencies that we've had in the NFL in quite some time. And if you don't have Adam Schefter or Ian Rapport on like on, on subscription, you're losing out because stuff is coming out. Stuff is coming out of nowhere. So great job on that segment, guys. All
0: right, let's transition
3: over. Cool, cool. I actually had two topics for real talk, so I'm going to just leave it at one. And then if we have time, I'll talk about the second one. Um, But today's topic is just about transgender um, sports. Athletes we will say athletes at this point um and i'll say my piece and i of course will pass it on and we just keep the same more that's on the screen to shark uh trevor well actually we'll start with skyler because i know time and then swing around from there um the thing about so unless you live underneath a rock or you don't know uh leah thomas is a transgender who just won uh i think the d1 title for swimming i believe um and if you see the pictures this person is standing by themselves with no one else on the podium for second or third because they did not agree with allowing a transgender to not only just compete but win, right, so to speak. And so when I think about this topic, I I dove really deep into this. Um, so please bear with me and understand. You know, sometimes school machete, you know, goes there with that, but it. First of all, there is a huge discrepancy that we still need to address as well with men and women athletes in totality. Um, Brittany Griner. Uh, I think someone's name on here today is Brittany Griner. Um, and how we are in no way, shape or form have a president or anyone else going to go get her. But when Lonzo was Alonzo Ball, Lamar, Lamar, one of the Ball brothers got in trouble overseas, we was over there in the first flight. And so I think one thing first I would love to for us to do is just first of all, address that part. And the reason why I say that is because when women showed how great they were and talented they were, basketball, football, there were thus created leagues for them to play in WNBA. Um, there's a NFL like lingerie league that I don't watch because I don't want to get in trouble with my wife. But there are places for women to play. And so to me... If this is going to be an issue, so to speak, then let's go ahead and make a league uh, for transgender. Now, before I pass on and go further, I will say that Dave Chappelle said one of the greatest things in his last skit that he did. If you haven't seen it, there's one piece that he talks about about how us as African-Americans, we're not upset at the LGBTQ community. We're just upset about how fast their rights are being done as opposed to what we have to go through, which lets you know that there is power within the LBGTQ community, which lets you know that if they truly wanted a league, I have no doubt that they can find a way to get this done for themselves. But you don't put, for instance, someone that is a paraplegic is not in the Olympics running against, I don't know, Shikari, Shikari. Um They have their own separate Olympics for them. So at some point, I believe we just need to say, hey, listen, maybe they're not competing with us. Same way women did not compete with men back in the day. They just created their own league so that they can compete and still are fighting for their rights to be paid equally as they were trying to do this across the whole board. But the issue is where do these now transgender athletes belong, so to speak? Do they belong with the men? Or, or the women, do they belong with the sex that they began with, so to speak, or the sex that they are currently in? And that is one of the biggest issues. And I think that issue can be alleviated, I should say, if or eliminated, if a league was thus made for them. So, again, I'll. that was my two cents really quickly. Um, Skyler, Toot, Cat, Trevor, from there. Hey, so yeah, before this, you go, I just
4: wanted to throw mm-hmm. out uh, the picture that was taken uh, the three girls—they were actually teammates in the Tokyo Olympics, which is why they took that picture together. I don't want people to listen and be like, "Oh, they' spreading, you know, spreading false." No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. That's that's why that picture was. Sent.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, this is—I know when I first heard about it, I was just like, "Dang!" Like I wouldn't even know, like exactly, like how to feel if you know. I was—I ain't—I'm I ain't, call a spade a spade. If let's just say eva you know was into swimming and Eva's was performing at the top of her level she's winning medals she's winning awards or whatever the case may be and then here comes someone that's transitioning from one sex to another um and there is essentially some type of competitive advantage that they have i will feel a certain type of way about it yes so all i'm going to say is i agree wholeheartedly with sheedy i just feel like there should be some separate league there should be some separate olympics or whatever the case may be for, for those who are in this for those who are transitioning from one sex to another so that way there's no competitive advantage from one over the other. that's all i'm going to say uh, you know courage or kudos to the person or the individual that's going through this uh, for having the, the 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 heart and having the courage to do that i just wish that there was some type of playing field to say you know, if you're a man, you're performing, you're performing in this. If you're a woman, you're performing in this. And then for those that are going through some type of transition, then, you know, here's here's your Olympics. Here's your league. Here's your sport that you can, you know, do whatever you want to do it. I'm just going to leave it at that.
4: So with me, it's like, because I, I actually was on the swim team my first two, three years in high school. And one of the biggest fears that I remember seeing and was a six-foot dude standing next to me as we were getting ready to compete in swimming, right? So with that being said, it's like I want to say this. Because when 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 Kaepernick took his nail it was a whole big thing as politics shouldn't be in sports. And literally the exact come on, you know, I was gonna go there, Shitty. Literally, the exact thing that's going on right now, it's literally what's going on with, 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 with Leah Thomas, right? Leah Thomas, who went through puberty as a man, just like all of us, was able to compete not only in a college collegiate sport, but in an Olympics against women. She won. There was, I don't care what nobody said, there was an advantage. A six-foot man going against, you know, five-foot women and anything is an advantage, let alone swimming. That, that that's that's crazy right so Leah thomas she took an opportunity from women who wake up every day early olymp y'all know how crazy making a professional sport is let alone at olympics so to say that there isn't an advantage is, is bullshit to me you know what i'm saying it, it's straight up cap so the fact that the reason i, I asked the question is politics coming into it is because if any of the winners or any of their families were to say something negative about Leah Thomas, they probably would have faced some kind of repercussions from the university or from their team, which is bullcrap. It's the same thing Kaepernick literally just went through. Like with Scott, like, with Scott, like, how do you, and, and you, uh, and you, Shitty, how do y'all talk to y'all daughters about a man coming into y'all competition and winning? And I know that transgender, I get it, whatever. But there should be some kind of rules and stipulation to say, hey, if you are able to give birth, you are considered to be a, in my opinion, the way I was born, if you were able to give birth, you're a woman. If you are able to, I guess, spread life or whatever, you know, go through puberty, have hair in places, wherever you are classified as a male. And if you feel some kind of way that you should be in the middle, then, damn it, the the, the Olympics should have, a, they have a special Olympics. So they should make another form of Olympics so that the LGBTQ community can feel comfortable as well, because what's going on now is that the LGBT community have more rights than women, women's rights. And they have more rights. What we're seeing in black rights. It shouldn't be fair to see a man compete against a woman. I mean, that's that's just straight up as it is for me. So I think in order for them to get it right, they're going to either they're going to have to make some kind of separate you know, league for them. Otherwise, it's gonna be chaos everywhere. And you're literally telling a woman, you know, what she is and what she isn't at this point. And you know, that, that's just not fair to me. That's not right to me. So I'm gonna just leave it at that for right now.
0: Well, first up, I want to give a shout out to Fat Boy Faded Away Sports. They're the reason um, I even thought of this topic. They talked about it on the last show. So be sure to check our guys out at Fat Boy Faded way Sports on YouTube. Uh they have an episode every Sunday. Um I tend to really disagree with everything that was said between Sheedy, Skyler and Tuke. Like that has to be, I know AP uh he come he made a comment saying there are there aren't enough of transgender athletes to like form a league, but I mean in a sense that's what's gonna have to happen because it's a comp- it's a competitive advantage. I mean, that's still a man. It's, uh Ryan had made a comment Joanna man. Uh <laughs> like they got there's no way like you know, you had this transgender woman man compete. I guess it's a man turned to a woman. When it's still the man, he still got the strength of a man. Like when it boiled down to it, and kind of like Tuke said, like you you were born it. If you want to identify as the other one, you just need they already made special uh, cases for transgenders and LGBTQ community anyway. So go ahead and make another exception, make some type of different, you know, like I said, special Olympics or something for him. Like that, that. That's that's really the only. And to, to only kind of kind
4: of. Place. It's kind of go cool about what I forgot who said that, Sharky, about the point. Um, that point, but it's like I don't want to say so what, to sound inconsiderate that the fact that there aren't any, you know, LGBT, you know, Q leagues or whatever. But one, the community is starting to come out more in sports anyway, right? And mm-hmm. for two, we can make literally the same argument for women's sports. There aren't any viewerships. There aren't any dollars. You know, the same case could be made. It's not too much difference that make y'all like watch y'all be all the way up here as far as like expectations and what y'all would receive. When women are still trying to teeter their way up, I mean it's not fair to me in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. And that was down on my point. Okay. Well, for me. um, I kind of agree with what you all guys have said as far as possibly making a separate league, but the issue is these transgendered people, they want to be identified as the quote-unquote gender that they are transitioning to. Um, So that's number one. So if you're a transgender male, you want to be identified as a male and so forth and so forth. So that's already going to be an issue there. Uh, and they feel that they belong with said gender. So that's issue number one um the second issue is if you're going to establish this league who gets to set the parameters of who uh who is qualified who isn't qualified you know things of that nature and even doing so even doing that you're just reinforcing the fact that these transgender people have their own gender and they're not being identified as the gender that people want them to identify them as which creates a whole nother problem so it's kind of a great area to, to be honest it's like we don't necessarily know what to do um in this whole situation so it, it's it's kind of it's kind of mudded to, to be honest um it's definitely going to take some it's going to take some times they're going to take some discussions and things of that nature on the whole thing um but in the end man it's it's like you guys said, the LGBT community has a lot of power, and I'm pretty sure they can make something happen with discussions and things of that nature. Um, but right now, as far as them having their own league, I think that's just going to cause more problems than what they are intending to solve.
4: I don't even know if the conversation at this point really going to help, bro. Like, And I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy, but if we going to call a spade a spade and let's be real about it, it's like if, if, if shit ain't going to go their way, then are they really going to be willing to 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 you know compromise you know what i'm
2: saying that that's yeah. kind of where i'm at with it as well and then who and then also another thing like who's to say that certain people because to quote dave Chappelle again with his previous special not the last one with the one before that where he made the joke about the trans guy that just said hey i'm gonna become a woman and make my best friend have sex with me it was you know kind of a joker type of thing but who's to say that the motives of uh, these people that are transitioning isn't there, or it's just, like you said, just to gain a competitive advantage. Like, it's kind of hard to gauge because you don't know what's going on in everyone's mind. And it, again, goes back to who gets to set the parameters and who gets to set the guidelines or how this whole thing was to take place if a league was established. So it, it's just something that's just going to happen from time to time, and it's just going to take time before some real progress is made, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. and my wife uh shout out to my beautiful wife for tuning in she
0: made a comment or asked the question are there any women who are transitioning uh into men that are competing in men's all men's sport i don't think i mean do y'all know any you i know uh, i didn't know where i just learned about i, home, I haven't
2: i haven't heard of any <laughs> and i honestly believe that if one tried to do so is they're going to be ostracized like mm-hmm. immediately just because of the guidelines of all men's sports. so I mean, it's not even that. It's yeah. like you
4: still – like, like, look at the fact when back in the day, like well, we got movies like Glory Road, for example. Like, so if you're going to be one of the first to do something, get ready to receive the backlash. Like, get, get, if you're going to be the first, you can't be sensitive with it. Like, we saw how the players yeah. with Glory Road would treat it, and they still won. Like, you're going to have to go through some shit if you're going to be the first to try to do it. Yeah, do it, it, you know,
2: just do it, and and, as, yeah, and and to be honest, if uh, for everyone else to have an issue with it that's in the same field, just work harder, just get better. I mean, it's really all that you can really say about that. I mean, it's really nothing else to really, I mean, it's gonna be there, but at the end of the day, you just have to try to work around it. That's really all that you can think about. So,
3: um if I can help with answering uh Mrs. Cap's question as well, um along <laughs> Mrs. Cap. Um, and also transitioning to I have another little quick real talk session that took you actually brought up that you didn't even know that was on discuss. But, anyways, just imagine this. And this guy said this before. Brian Scalabrini said he'll go and play basketball. He was in Boston at the time. He said people will make fun of him, but if they if he played him one-on-one, they would beat him, for instance. I'll talk all tra- all types of trash about Brian Scalabrini. He's trash. He's a bum. Get him out of here. But put him up one-on-one against me. Oh, he might win 21-0. <laughs> he, 21-0. So and, and and also it's intimidating. You kind of brought that up too, too. Like you, you were swimming and then you saw someone that's you know yours, then you saw a six-footer about to jump in that pool with you and get his stroke on, right? And so to me, if Brian Scalabrini became a woman, right? And went through that process. We might be talking about a Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul Jabbar of the WNBA. Um, and so to your point, Mrs. Cap, no, we don't see it happen. We see it happening more often uh, with that transition, as opposed to um a woman transitioning to uh the men. Um, and the last thing I wanna wanna say is the real talk part, and it's Something I'm gonna so so talk about more or less on school machidi. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I'm dropping some knowledge. But it's a quick part about us versus us. And and um us versus us deals with Deshaun Watson and Colin Kaepernick. And the part I want to bring up is that Deshaun Watson is going to get paid the most guaranteed money of any person ever. He has not been there's no charges on him. There's nothing to him. He has not been to jail, nothing. He didn't even throw a football last season. And he's going to have the chance, and opportunity to play for the Cleveland Browns, whether it's this season, missing six games or not, he's still going to have a chance to not only play, but collect $230 million and not a penny less. On the other side, we have Colin Kaepernick. Who was not in any allegations with women, did not beat up on a woman, did not leave a child in the car unattended to. He fought for social injustice and has been blackballed from the NFL. We all talked about the different divisions in the league right now. And you cannot tell me that any of the teams that we mentioned cannot use a backup quarterback that has went to the Super Bowl to be there for you. The major difference is. You know me. I like to be real. The major difference is what certain colors of skin can get away with. Others cannot. And they vote based upon that. And what I mean by that is the owners are doing these type of things as well behind the scenes. They're just not talking about it. Daniel Snyder, for instance, with messing with women, so to speak. And there's other ones that probably they don't say anything as women because they're probably getting some money on the side. Yeah, vice versa you don't see those owners stepping up for change as Colin Kaepernick did and because they don't agree with what he did he can't even get a look you trying to tell me you trying to tell me that Colin Kaepernick no offense ain't better than Sam Darnold that's what you want to tell me you trying to tell me this man don't deserve another chance in the league you tell me he can't go play for the Seahawks right now and at least not, if not be a starter, be a backup. That's us versus us. Coming soon on School of Machete. Sorry about that, fellas. It's my real talk segment that I spew that in there.
2: I know it's a real talk segment, but I'm laughing because if he got a chance in the NFL, he could start for the Steelers right now. I'm just going to be honest for you. That's why I'm laughing. Because if if... Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin decided to bring in Kyler Kaepernick. He will legit be the starter for the Steelers Week One. I guarantee it. That's why I'm laughing. So it is crazy.
0: That's a powerful statement right there, Ryan. This country praises troublemakers and frowns on people who want to make a change. Boy,
2: depends. Yeah, it depends on real what you talk. Meet. Depends on the. How can I say the severity of the crime and who's involved? I
4: don't,
2: so, I don't even think it matters in the
3: NFL.
4: Shit, it don't even matter at this point.
2: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is as true. long
4: as you, ain't, if you, you know, long as you ain't disrespecting the flag or the owners, you do whatever. No,
2: you ain't a, no, I flag, ain't. I even disrespecting. No, it's disrespecting the shield. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the whole disrespecting the flag because oh, that's shield, that's, a right. whole, that's a whole that's a whole other government conspiracy. Because remember. The NFL yeah. got paid a handsome amount of money from the U.S. Department of Defense to start um I mean man the, flag anthem, shield, the football game
4: tomato tomato now that I think about it.
2: It's the, the, the <laughs> it's the, the shield. I mean <laughs> they both okay, they're both red, white, and blue, but yeah, it's more so <laughs> <throw> the shield <laughs> more throw the NFL shield than the flag. I'm just gonna be Absolutely. Real. <laughs>
0: Red, make people out there, y'all got it after this. Red white, and blue. Red,
4: white, and blue. Let's
0: get it, man. Um, anybody got anything else? Nah, nah. Ooh, cool, Three man. And that's for this episode, man. Pretty sure. Shout out to everybody tuned in. Pretty sure that you can pay. Yep, that's true, AP, man. Shout out yeah, to AP, yeah. shout out to Ryan, shout out to my now, wife. AP,
2: happy belated birthday, by the way, AP, because I know your birthday was earlier this week. So oh, okay. I, I text you, but happy from belated, the podcast. Baby.
0: Happy birthday. <laughs> happy late birthday my guy. Uh March baby just like me, uh, man. There's a lot of March birthdays, man. That, yeah, really I, was growing up, I was growing up with no March birthdays, man, next week so. Hey. It's been real, y'all, but till next time
4: peace. Peace.